listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Psyched by MG. This is Mary Grace Randazzo Ratliff, or MG for short. I've been a psychotherapist in private practice for 32 years now. Guess what, everyone? We all have issues. So it's time to lighten up and move forward. Let's stop letting our crap control us and take control of our crap. Good evening, everybody. What's going on, hey, folks? How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm surviving. I'm surviving. You know, Barbara and I are dealing, and David too. You know, the kids going back to school and all of the well, chaos and frustration. I, I have the yep. advantage because my son was going to be staying home anyway for for his first year uh-huh. at Wayne State because we're local. Yeah, I mean, he can we can get downtown in twenty minutes. Um, right. You know, wow, divine intervention with that decision, mm-hmm. huh? I mean, truly, Dave. Well, I can't say out. I can't say it was altruistic. I mean, we're trying to save money. <laughs> That's always a good thing. Right. You got an extra benefit during this pandemic. Well, no, it, 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 it works out for now, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, before we go too far in, uh, I want everyone to know that we are on Spotify, Podcast Detroit, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, YouTube, Facebook. Um, and I need the listeners to right now go to the like button and hit like those, especially who are watching on Facebook or watching live, um, hit like, uh, comments, let us know how we're doing. Um, we would really appreciate it. Um, and, uh, I want to, Dave, give your podcast the plug. Yep. We, we, I I just finished recording it. Well, that one won't be out yet, but I think our latest episode, I'm not even going to try to guess. Motor City Hypnotist <laughs> Podcast. Yeah. Uh, I, I just had two episodes hit on Tuesday, so check those out. Right. We good. did a couple good. of fun and ones. I, oh, you know what? The, you know what it was? Let me push this real quick. I did one on the top ten movies that make men cry. I was a. Oh, uh-huh. That's good. Uh-huh. Oh, very good. Yeah. Matt was sobbing in the booth. <laughs> she talked about Marley and me. That's why. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. oh that one's bad. Yeah, yeah. And Barbara, your podcast is now live everywhere, correct? Yes, it is. It African is. Auntie? Yes, Generic African Auntie is live, and you can find it on uh, Spotify, Anchor, Google, uh, I- iTunes. Um, yeah, I think there are like 10 of them where you can find it. I just yeah. don't know them all at the top of my yeah, but please check it out. Check, check it, it out. out. Check it out. Yeah. Um, and and Matt, let's you know Matt's in the booth. He's our producer tonight. You want to go ahead and give yours a plug? Well, we actually have a couple of them. Which one do you want? Uh, we'll talk about <laughs> uh, we'll talk about one uh, animal talk radio. Um, it, it's about uh, we have a we have a animal behaviorist here in studio with us. We talk about the behaviors of pets and what to do if uh, your 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 animal or your dog is having trouble. Um, in the in the in the potty area, let's say, right? So there's a lot of questions that do come through, and we do help folks with their pets, and uh, we do have interviews as well with some uh, with veterinarians across the country, with um, people raising money. Uh, you know, uh, one of them is the Detroit Bulldog Rescue, and they're actually doing a uh, an event in September via remote. So just getting as many people involved with our pets through the Animal Talk Radio. So Fantastic. thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. thank you for that. Awesome. Well, tonight we're going to talk about roommate problems. These kids are going back to school. They're going back to live in apartments and, and dorm rooms. And But before we get into like, you know, what are the stressors and how to deal with it and so on, Dave and Barbara, what what was your hardest roommate situation? Oh, my God. First? Do you know? Yes, I remember very distinctly. Oh, I do too. So um, I went to I went to college in Scotland, and I'd never been to boarding school, so I had never lived in a dorm room situation. And I remember that um, I had two roommates, so we were three to a room at the University of Glasgow, and 
you know, people come from different cultures and cultural backgrounds. And the one thing I had never, ever seen and which would in an African home be absolutely horrendous is somebody washing their hair in the kitchen sink. (laughs) That for us, where I come from, is like, it's like taking a bath. In the, You just don't do stuff like that. And I remember uh, my roommate at the time, she was British, and I, the look of horror on my face, she, we're good friends now. She, she, will, she says, I'll never forget that first time you saw me do that. I fell out. I, was, I, I, I couldn't speak. And, uh, and other people who, so we had someone from Switzerland and somebody from Germany, they seem okay with this because I was looking around the Trying kitchen table and thinking, back, yeah. she's washing her hair. <laughs> anyway, so that, that's oh. a situation. And, and we couldn't resolve it because she couldn't understand what my problem was. And I couldn't. And, you know, we, we lived with tension for that first year. Uh, we eventually parted ways after a year. And I got, I, because of that, decided I was going to work extra hard, make some money and get an apartment. I was not doing the dorm yeah. thing anymore yeah, they because there's so many unknowns, you know, you get thrown in with people yeah. and you just made the deal, which is a good life lesson in some situations, but in some situations it can be really tough. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dave, what's yours? Oh gosh. This is, I, I, it, I, I okay. I'll just say it. Cause it's, I hope he's not listening. I don't know. You know who, who knows where he ended up. So again, like you, Barbara, I get thrown into a dorm freshman year, never lived, I mean, never lived away from home. So get into this room, two roommates. One guy's pretty cool. I meet him first. He's a junior. So he's an upperclassman. The other guy was a sophomore. This guy was such a loud mouth. One of those guys who's just constantly talking and knows everything and has a story. The other, the worst thing though, was this guy didn't, I'll just be blunt. He didn't bathe. He didn't shower. He didn't take care of himself. He didn't. And, and I, and I tell you this because we actually tested it, you know, cause, cause we had a community bathroom in this dorm. So you had your room, but you had to go down the hall to the community bathroom to to shower and, and get ready. We, we, we pulled his toiletries out and we just put a dab of toothpaste on a soap bar. It never left. That soap was never touched the whole the whole year. Are you? Oh my god! No, no. That is so disgusting. Yeah, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah. The hygiene thing is on the list. Yeah. Oh, and it was and and again, it was just an annoyance. It was just he just wouldn't shut up, and I'm like, please stop talking. Yeah. I mean that that is. You know, for me, I had um, transferred um, from a community college to a regular university, RIT, out in Rochester, New York, Rochester Institute of Tech. And um, so, but I didn't know anybody. So I went into the dorms, but I was a little older. And I got thrown in with these two freshmen. And one of them, Chris Miliacho, shout out to you. I don't know if you remember, but (laughs) she was great. I had no problems living with her, but there was this other girl named Chris. And I don't know what was up with her, but her promiscuity was off the charts. Mm. And you would wake up to guys in the room and them doing whatever. Oh, boy. And it just got to the point where it was so uncomfortable. And I was lucky that um, it was a trimester system, so it only went 10 weeks. Right. So I survived the 10 weeks and then moved out, but I couldn't take it. And the immaturity just drove me crazy. That was the dorm. And then I had another situation in, in graduate school. There were five women and um, in groups with women, you know, Barbara, um, they can be very cliquish. And I, all of them were in the same school together in the school of public health. And I was the new one and the one kind of outsider And my room was on the first floor and their room was upstairs. So I was already kind of outside. Right. And um, so whenever there was something going wrong in the house, they would blame me. I took the trash out too, too loudly. I, you know, um, was in the kitchen too loud. Uh, everything I did, 
And I'm the type of person that I'll take it for a while, you know, just to try to keep things copacetic. But until until Angie shows up. (laughs) Oh, girl. Finally, one day when this, and there was this particular one named Meryl. And she said, did you hear? Now, mind you, they never did their chores. They never took the trash out. They never cleaned, blah, blah, blah. I was the one that was cleaning and trying to keep everything looking good. And Right. Well, she was complaining about me sliding the trash bag on the floor. And I don't know. It just snapped. I jumped out of bed and I scared the living shit out of her. And I got real close to her. And I'm like, listen, you son of a bitch. I have had it. I am done with you. And you aren't treating me this way anymore. I said, you have done enough with me. I said, and I'm finished. I said, all of you are spoiled little brats and I'm not taking your bullshit anymore. Well, she went to open the fridge while I was yelling at her and a, and a shelf broke and she was losing it. Oh my God. She yelled at me, blah, blah, blah. But what shocked me was the other girls had said to me, we're really sorry. We've treated you like crap. And we do not blame you for losing it right now. Um, but could you stop yelling? Because we don't think Meryl is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm done. I'm good. I go and I turn around back in my room. And then I moved. It was like, holy cow. So the roommate situation is all of us know. It's really, really hard. Yeah. And college in the dorm room, I, I, I was reading some of this today just to kind of get a really clear framework. Some of the problems that people go through just in general in roommate roommate situations, um, it's eating other people's food. Oh yeah. How common is that one? Right. Messy living habits, poor personal hygiene day. That was third on the list. I witnessed it. Lack of respect for each other's personal space, which was, Dave, again, your person talking all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Unwillingness to compromise. Um, Immodest behaviors, which I went through that at RIT. Um, And college roommate problems. uh, The partying, the being loud, you know, in the space, in the dorm. Not clean, different sleep schedules stealing and borrowing stuff without asking. Yep. Oh, that's a big one. Generally not getting along. Um, issues with people staying overnight and guests. Mm-hmm. Um, disagreements over bills and a basic lack of respect. Well, yeah. you know what? I, and you read that whole list and it all comes down to that last one. It's lack yeah. of respect. If you put that into place, everything else takes care of itself. It really does. It really does. It is about respect. Mm-hmm. It's about being able to look, to live in someone else's world, not just your own, your own wants and your own needs, but to be able to be mature enough to live in another person's world and to think about another person and how your actions affect them. It's um, interesting that you talk about respect because one of the conversations, and I actually did a podcast on it for the young women because we, my daughter and I, the college no. grad, she's a college student, sorry. She, um, we had to have this conversation uh, with her roommate situation because the first thing I said to her, I, I said, well, she doesn't respect you. Mm-hmm. And I said, and so what you need to do is you need to respect yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is going to mean, and I gave her a whole bunch of different things about what she was going to need to do to respect herself and force the other girl to respect her because it was a horrible situation. And my, you know, when you bring up your children in a culture of kindness, it's, it's a double-edged sword, Mary Grace, because we did raise our girls in a culture of kindness. Mm-hmm. But I remember at some point thinking, am I, am I tying one of their hands behind their back? Yeah, me too. Because out there in the world, there are people who don't even understand or know what that is. Your kindness is mistaken for stupidity. Yeah. And I think this is the situation with Chi Chi. So she had a roommate and um, from a very wealthy family um, and just really entitled 
first and foremost, she was very inappropriate. She made uh, slurs about Jewish people, uh. slurs about black people, slurs about Muslims. And she thought they were jokes. And you know our kids, Amelia, Chi-Chi, Kai. They're brought up to know... Right. And so Chichi would call it out and she'd be like, oh my gosh, you're so sensitive. You know, you're so this. Mm. And again, the whole inappropriate behaviors. This is a girl who would go out with a group and then get so drunk. And then she'd have a bunch of guys, fat guys around her, basically kind of like vultures waiting to pounce. And because she was Chichi's roommate, Chichi felt a responsibility to take care of her. So sometimes we'd get phone calls at like one, two in the morning. Dad, she, because dad's a doctor. Dad, she's lying here unconscious. What do I do? Call the ambulance? Call the, do you know what I mean? It, it really, and then she would be so spiteful and mean. Uh, like she'd be yeah. saying to Chichi, get away from here. Who made you my mother? And Chichi's like, you don't even know what you're saying. Do you see who's waiting here? Like, I'm here to help you. And um, it, it was awful. It really was awful. Um, I think I think you are bringing up such a serious issue right now with roommates and the ones that party to the point of risk, where these kids are just pounding. They're doing the tubes, you know. They're shaking the champagne and guzzling it, you know, the bottle within so many seconds. And so our girls are watching this and seeing, you know, vomiting to the point of risk, um, acute alcohol poisoning, um, acute distress, passing out. And, you know, I I always tell college students, be careful, don't abandon a person who's passed out, because Mm. if they've numbed the three parts of the brain, there's three parts of the brain. And the first part of the brain has your filters where you, you do things you don't normally do, or you say things you don't normally say. So you start drinking and next thing you know, you'll dance when you don't normally dance or you'll, you'll be funny and more outgoing when you're kind of quiet and shy. If you keep drinking, you start to numb out the middle part of the brain and that part of the brain controls your physical functioning. When you keep drinking and you start numbing that out, you'll start leaning to one side. You'll start dropping a drink. Your coordination starts to get affected. You'll you'll start slurring the way you talk. If you keep going, you can pass out. But what you have to know when you get to that point, you've numbed all three parts of the brain so they don't function. So if you suddenly need to vomit, you can't do the movement to get the vomit out. And so you can asphyxiate yourself and die. And we've heard about this on campuses, this happening to kids, that they can't turn their head. They can't do the movement. They can't bend over and get the vomit out of their system. And so they choke. They drown in their own vomit. And so I tell kids who are dealing with this, number one, don't leave the person because it's very serious. Number two, Um, don't ever be afraid to go to the hospital, you know, let, let medical people, let professionals handle this. You know, you, you don't know how far this has gone. Um, you don't know if they have another underlying problem that this could affect like the respiratory system. Um, and for those, those poor kids were stuck in these situations where they're seeing it all the time. It's okay to advocate for yourself. It's okay to maybe change the roommate situation, maybe go and think about a different alternative for the following term um, or at least the following year. Um, and to really build, and this is in you know some of the, the ways to, to help um, yourself, is to develop friendships outside of that roommate situation. Right. And roommate, that's what Titi did. Yep. She had to. Your roommates. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just be a good roommate, but you don't have to be a best friend. You really don't. Not, but, not in especially a dorm situation. And, and also just, just to kind of go along with that. If you're the person that everyone else is always having to look after and take care of, they're not going to be along around for long. Just know that, yeah. that no, nobody, nobody wants that person. That's always like, Oh geez, we not, we got to spend the rest of the night taking care of him or her because yeah. they, you know, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Nobody wants yeah. that responsibility. You wear them out. You wear the people. And if you're that kid, you have a problem. Mm-hmm. You have a problem. Mm-hmm. This is beyond experiential, you know, phases of, of drinking or, or even smoking pot or whatever it is the kids are doing. There's, there's a problem in there when you get to the point of putting yourself at risk and you do it over and over and over again. And there's counseling facilities on campus. It's not, it ain't going to kill you. You know, you do wear people out. People get sick of it. People will talk behind your back. Um, you're not going to know what they're saying. Um, you're going to get the eye rolls behind your back. You are annoying to people. And people get exhausted. In the beginning, oh, it's fun. You first get to school. You're all having a good time. You want to like everybody. It's good. But then it wears out. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, overall, very toxic situation. You talked about, you know, uh, borrowing things without asking. Uh-huh. Like, Dishi would suddenly see her in her earrings or she would you know, oh, she'd, she'd find her toiletry bag open and stuff is out. And, and it, it just was it was a really toxic situation, like seriously toxic. One day, Chichi came home from studying um, and there was somebody in her bed. Oh. This girl had invited a friend over and they were chatting while this girl was in Chi-Chi's bed. That girl happened to have been sick. She had a bad cold. Oh. Chi-Chi got a cold. So, it, it, yeah. So I really know these roommate situations. I mean, we ended up getting involved and they say that they want the kids to advocate for themselves. But you know me. I, I, yeah. I was ready to fly down there. And, yeah. and, and do something about it. I was ready for the parents of this kid to be called and for the situation to be explained because the housing office kept saying, well, you know what? Uh, we need her to be the one who steps up and says, I've had enough or whatever. And my kid is the kind of kid who'll say, you know, I, I see she has issues. I see she has problems. So I kind of just like staying out of her way. So sometimes she'd be talking to us while she's in the library to avoid going to her own room and would say, I hope she's asleep by the time I get there. So she wouldn't get the toxic. So she wouldn't get the toxicity that used to come out of her. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter did that too. You know, I want to plug something. There is something that everyone can download. It's called Rumi's United Guide. Just Mm. Rumi's United Guide. And it's a step-by-step guide. Um, that can help you through roommate situations. And one of the um, key things that it said was, don't do this alone. Mm -hmm. That if if you're in a dorm and you're struggling, really get a mediator, talk to your RA. um, Mm -hmm. Because if you use a mediator or another friend, if you're off campus and you've got, you know, more than so many girls and someone tends to be fair, um, your chances of resolving the problem are 67% higher if you get a mediator. If you're really afraid that's, that the person won't listen or you can't get past it, um, to get a mediator involved. And I thought that was interesting. I, I thought, wow, that, that's really good to teach young people who are in these situations to not handle it alone. Um, right. That is a big deal. And then the other thing they talked about is being upfront about problems as soon as you get started to live together, but also to talk in advance about living together and some good guidelines and rules about picking up, about money, about, you know, how you resolve conflicts, um, about food that, you know, if your food is your food, um, then you know, talk about that. My daughter in her apartment, um, she's a very picky eater. My daughter is, you know, she's lactose intolerant, so she doesn't eat dairy. They had one kind of medium-sized refrigerator for five girls. And so we said, nope, you know what? We're going to buy you a small refrigerator. We're going to buy you a small freezer. Um, And she just looked at everyone. I was really proud of her and said, look, guys, Cause they said, Oh, you know, I'll buy bread or whatever. And my daughter spoke up and said, you know what guys, I'm buying my own groceries. Like, and I'm not going to, I'm not big on sharing just because I have a special diet. It's hard for me. 
So don't worry, I won't be in that refrigerator. I will be in my own refrigerator. And they worked it out. Then they all ended up talking about it right mm-hmm. when they started. And I'm, I'm thinking about all those people who are really freshmen moving for the first time. Don't be afraid. Like when you first move in, say, yeah, how about food? Like, I don't like to share mine. I like to keep mine separate. So let's, let's do that. Let's respect each other's food. Um, and, and be honest about your wants, your needs, your limits, uh, and see how the match goes. And then if it doesn't go well, you know, get a mediator in there because there's so it's hard to live with someone. It's hard to live with someone, especially someone you don't know. Right. And then there is the communicating, you know, how, what, how do you, what kind of person are you in regards to when there's a conflict? Are you a more passive person? You know, you're saying Chi Chi, she can go along. She tends to be quieter. Well, she's very mature. Yeah. Very mature when it comes to conflict resolution. I think having three little sisters and being the oldest does that. And so she's one to do more listening before she proffers anything. And she's also a, a consensus builder. And so she's one of these people who, for her, conflict shouldn't happen. But when it does, she'll be the person who wants to be the peacemaker all the time. We're kind of really different, her and I, that way. Because I'm not, mm -mm, mm, I'm not that way. You mess with me, I'm in your face, period, end of story. I don't even think about it. I, I have very, I think I have a much stronger sense of self. And I also have what I call my, uh, my hard and fast boundaries that you just don't go there. Yeah. And I think perhaps with age, she will become like that. Yeah. But I think also, like you said, when you're first going into a new environment um, and you're meeting somebody new, so this is going to be your roommate the first time, you're, you're conciliatory. You are more giving in the hopes that the other person will come forward and meet you halfway. But if you happen to end up with a spoiled brat who thinks the world revolves around them, then you become, in their eyes, a very easy target. Yes, you do. For yes. bullying, for yeah, like like you know, uh, I can for, I can imagine a situation where she borrows something of Chichi's the first time, and Chichi just said, "Oh, hey, that's mine. Um, mm-hmm. Please don't borrow my stuff." And she went, "Oh, sorry," and that was it. And so she did it again, and she did it again until maybe Chichi just stopped saying anything. Yeah. I can see a situation like that. You see, yeah, that is that is for young women. Young women need to understand. That, and I always use this, you know, reference, you know, women have pissing matches Mm -hmm. and women will um, vie for their position in the group, just like anyone else. And nice girls and intelligent girls and highly sensitive girls will be shocked by a behavior of someone who is marking all of the territory. This is a selfish kid. And um, we have to teach our young girls and young women, you have to push back. You have to piss back. And, And I always say piss like a goddamn Arabian. Like you have to create that do not cross the boundary. Do not cross the space. If you have somebody who is self-centered and entitled, they're going to come with a fierceness energetically that is that will bowl you over. You will be shocked by them going into your stuff so blatantly without asking. You'll be shocked that they'll eat your food in front of you and you'll be like, how could you do that? The next thing you should think is, how dare you do that? Right. And that kind of person we talk about with narcissism, self-centeredness, entitlement, limits, 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 limits. This is a great person for you to practice setting limits yeah. and to get uncomfortable enough time so that you get comfortable with setting limits because they are uncomfortable to set. You don't want to have to do it, but you do. And so you do have to check the person. And checking the person is like, what the heck is up with you touching my stuff? 
what are you doing that for? Like, wow, how were you raised, dude? Mm -hmm. Uh, This will not be happening again. And it's a kind of force that says, seriously, don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me. And they need to feel uncomfortable. You need to set the limit so that they feel enough discomfort that the next time that they will think about that and not do it. I'm not saying to hit. I'm not saying to push. I'm not saying to freaking verbally abuse someone. I'm saying to have an intensity in your words that is strong enough to let them know this is my territory. This is my stuff. And you won't be violating yeah. And, you know, for my daughter right now, she's trying to gain that intensity in limit setting. And she's trying to get through the shakiness that she experiences because, you know, she she always wants to be fair and understanding, but she doesn't want to be taken advantage of. And yeah. it, it's tough. It's tough. And girls are tough. And you have to, it's it's getting comfortable with, don't care their response. Don't care the reaction. Exactly. It will only be a blip on a screen. Whatever it is, it will it will pass. Don't yeah. care what their reaction is. If they get upset, say, I'm sorry you're upset. I don't know why you chose it. I don't know why you chose to do this with being disrespectful, like Dave said earlier. And so get used to practice enough times with somebody who's violated your stuff, your boundaries, your you know, self-respect. Get get comfortable in setting limits with them and having enough push to let them know, don't mess, don't mess. Don't mistake my kindness for ignorance, passivity, um, submission. Don't let them mistake your kindness for any of that, I think is really important. And also, and, you know, I think girls get caught up in this whole likability thing. I or I talk uh, about it, and I talk. You know, I think that's one of the major reasons I did this podcast is because I see so many young women not able to fulfill their potential because they want to be liked so badly. Yeah. And my message is, being liked is overrated. You yeah. want to be respected. Yeah, there are yeah. people who are going to like you and respect you, but there are some people who are not going to like you but they have to respect you and you command that you're the one who determines how people treat you. And these are tough conversations that I'm having to have in the home too. Like I'm your mom and I can only help you so far, but people treat you in the manner in which you allow them. So think about that and think about how it is that you can demand the respect that you deserve as a human being. Yeah, basic. And don't concern yourself too much about whether she likes you or not. You've already established you don't like her because of the way she is. So why would you care whether she likes you or not? Doesn't matter. Yeah. But she has to respect you. Yes. That's just a basic fundamental, you know, human thing. That's that's what we do in civil society is we respect one another. Yes. And the longer you go tolerating being disrespected, the harder it is to gain your boundaries and your, your respect. So in the beginning, whether it's a new year in the same roommates or it's a new term, or it's the first time you're living with them, you want to be effective in getting in there and saying something in regards to being respected, your space, your stuff, your sleep, um, all of that, it's better to get it out, out in the open in the beginning. Coming off of summer, you know, going in for right. the first time in the fall, that's a beginning that I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think, Dave, I'm going to pull you in here because sure. I think I want to talk about guys too. Oh boy. I mean, guys, when they go into those dorms, girls, you know, with words, they're so freaking verbal. But what about these guys? You know what? It, it's not. Here's the thing, and I don't want to generalize because, but I, I, I'll tell you one situation I had. And this guy wasn't a roommate or anything, but it was a guy he had in the dorm. So, for some reason, we were just we were just messing around one night, and and I don't know, it was like ten, eleven at night, and there was this pond behind our dorm, and I had this cattail, you know, the ones that I don't know if you ever shook in a cattail, yes. and the fuzz goes yes. everywhere. It was everywhere. 
I, we were just being stupid, and I, I chased a guy through the laundry room, shaking this cattail at him. This other guy was folding laundry. Situation I had, and he, and this guy wasn't a roommate or anything, but it was a guy he had in the dorm, like so flipped out for some reason. He got we in my just, face, we like just, like messing just around one night, right in my face, and, and, ready to just punch me. And and we had just had the stare down for a minute, and and I was just like, "Dude, I'm sorry, I was just messing around." He's like, "Yeah, we end up being like the best friends, like." Wow. We, but but yeah. see that that I, I and and I this is again a generalization that sounds like an anecdote, but guys can have a fist fight and an hour later they could be having a drink together. Yeah. Well, and I think it's because that intensity gets there, mm-hmm. it gets out, and and there's there's a marking and it's done. Right. Right. And with girls, there's this dance and there's this hesitancy and there's this worry about creating the marking. And so it's a harder process for them to just get in and go, oh, no, no, back it up. Yeah. And therefore, there's, you know, way too much talking sometimes. So, so I would say maybe. maybe exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the big fear is with this. It's like, okay, if I say this, she's probably got her group of friends and then they're going to be talking about me. Oh, and, you know, girls can be so snide. You can walk into a room and she will have her posse of friends and you, they will make sure that you know they were talking about you. They will look you up and down. They will snicker and they will they will giggle behind their hands. It it can get really really ugly with girls. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think that um, for a lot of sensitive kids, this is where the I don't want to ruffle any feathers comes into it. Like she'll get her and her, she'll get her gang and they'll gang up on me. Yeah. So you know I'm just gonna leave it as it is. But I do agree that, you know, the making of friends outside the dorm is important because my kid and this girl were never friends, but because she's pre-med, she had a whole bunch of people from, from biochemistry, people she actually spent a lot of time with in labs, in tutorials and so on. She developed great friendships there. And because they all studied so hard, she was never sort of all by herself in the library because she couldn't go home she would be with a group of people and they were in different dorms, some in the same dorm. And even within the dorm, she developed lots of really good friends so that when things got bad, she could literally go in room with her other friends and they'd be like, you know what, come, we've got a sleeping sleeping bag, come and sleep in here and leave her be. And that's the part where I used to get furious because I'm like, we did not pay for a room so that you go somewhere else and be sleeping on someone's sleeping bag. But for, for her own sanity in the moment, this was some of the stuff she needed to do. Yeah. And um, I would encourage parents, to be honest with you, I don't care what the schools say about they need to advocate for themselves. If you have a sensitive kid and you know that your kid is not going to do this, I think as a parent paying fees, even if they're on loans, who cares? If that's your kid. You have a right to get involved. And we did. Yeah, yeah, move them. Yeah, and move them. And to those sensitive ones and the ones that, you know, want fairness, want everyone to get along, they want um, peace, that, you know, we we talk in in, in this next show on Friday, we we might, you know, air the empath uh, podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's, for those kids, they have to know how to take care of themselves in group situations. And I had said to my daughter, I said, you're making me realize that with highly sensitive kids or kids that are very in tune to everyone else's stuff, um, a rule of thumb is probably not to live in a situation with more than one roommate. Let yourself just deal with one person versus five or four because they get so overwhelmed by the group, by so many different issues and personalities. It's pretty overwhelming for them. And um, to also help themselves that when they're in a situation and they see a problem going on, to remove themselves, go to the bathroom, breathe, um, get on your phone, anything not to get hooked 
mm-hmm. by whatever's going on because the other kids like to hook those sensitive parental types uh, and then they damn them for getting involved in being parental. And I, and I always tell kids that act adolescent. Uh, if you don't want mm-hmm. someone to parent you, stop acting adolescent and childish. Then people stop parenting you. Um, mm-hmm. But for that kid, they have to learn how to not get hooked by everyone's problems, to not, it's okay to not be the babysitter. It's okay to not play the parent. It's okay to let go. And if somebody falls down and gets hurt, it is on them. Because the way people learn is to get hurt. The way people learn sometimes, and some people don't learn unless they get really scared and very embarrassed. So to... To help them to understand, it's okay to let people fall down. And if you try to help the first time and they don't listen and then they turn it on you and you try it again and they turn it on you, you got to let go because that person is saying, no, 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 I want to fall down. No, 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 I want my life to be a mess. And that's what I told Chi Chi with the whole drinking thing. I was like, she has racially abused you. I mean, she she's called her, she, she called her your black B-I-T-C-H, like full on abuse. Mm -hmm. And I said, that is the last time. If she does this again, you're walking with the rest of them. You're going to walk away because the rest of her friends would leave and she would stay with this girl because it was her roommate. I'm like, if you need to call the cops, if you, if, if it's going to make you feel better, call the cops or call an ambulance, but you're not going to stand there and take that abuse from her, but you leave, you leave her there. Yes. Because you're not her punching bag. No, no. And you aren't the parent. You aren't the parent. Whatever the issues are, they've been going on for a long time and you can't fix them and you can't save them and you can't make them better. Right. So you've got to let go. And and if it's a situation again where the person is so intoxicated, call the ambulance. Mm Mm-hmm. Pick, and you can do anonymous calls too. You can say, yeah. look, I don't want to be known. I, I live in this area and there's this person that's, I'm scared that they're not okay. Um, it, it just don't, don't feel the responsibility and the weight of that person who acts out all the time and who has chronic issues and doesn't recover from them. And there is another thing that I thought was so important to talk about is when you are trying to resolve an issue, don't do it in social media or via text. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was going to say that. Mm-hmm. This whole gang mentality and getting a whole bunch of people in on the problem, it's not fair. It's a scare tactic. Um, and the world doesn't need to know you're in the middle of this conflict or this pissing match. Um don't try, don't do it in text either. Cause people can do things and say things via text. You're going to shock the hell and call them directly, talk to them directly and say, Hey, we're obviously having a problem. Let's just work. Let, let's talk about it because they won't be the same way in person. Nope. Most likely that they are in social media and text. Nope. Right. And, uh, uh, I, I cannot stress that enough because kids are getting in that habit um, and it, it, well, let me say, you know, I say this in sessions, you know, how's it working for you? You, you go to social media or you get on text. Okay. So what's your resolution rate? Are you getting a resolution that way? Or are you feeding the flames? Are you feeding the fire? If you're someone that likes to do that. So you're so insecure and your skills to deal with conflict are so low that, you need to know by doing that, you look ridiculous. Yep. You look ridiculous. And we've all seen that on social media where people will say things and talk about people and we shake our head and go, oh my God, really? Do you know how bad you look by, by, by having no boundaries and pulling your personal issues onto social media? What's worse is the person they want to really direct this venom towards probably will never see that comment because one of the things I've noticed with people is they won't put names. Mm-hmm. You'll know this is directed at somebody, but there's no name. And I'm like, person yeah. you did this for is probably not even there. So again, your problem goes unsolved because the person, and sometimes, you know, with these people who are narcissistic, they, they, they'll look at that and think it can't possibly be about me and keep it moving. So <laughs> how has that helped you? It hasn't, but it's made you look a damn fool. 
It does. And this is something I think young people really need to understand, which is that once you put something like that on blast like that, uh, even if you delete it, uh, there's such a thing as screen grabbing, uh, people take screenshots, people just don't do that to yourself. And it affects, it will, it will go with you as you grow older. It go, you know, job interviews, when you attempt to get jobs, people are looking at social media. They're trying to understand who you are as a person. You have to think beyond the moment. And that's another thing when you're moving to becoming more mature, especially with your emotions, you can't just live in the moment. There are effects of your decisions and the person that gets affected is you. So you make bad decisions. You have to clean up more messes. Yeah. You're down and you get drunk to the point of being sick. You're going to feel more down because you just chugged a whole bunch of depressants. And then you lash out and you fight somebody. Now you, you've got embarrassment and shame. Like you have to understand, get beyond the moment, slow down your impulsivity and the people that are around you and you have to tolerate it, if you keep doing it, you wear them out. It is about bad behavior is bad behavior. Once in a while, people make mistakes and screw up. But if you're repeating the same damn behaviors, you're going to wear people out. People will not want to be around you because you're annoying. And they're not going to try to talk to you because each time they probably try to talk to you, you turned them away or you, you know, made it their fault or their problem. You, you, you need to, you need to get some help if you keep doing the same things, you know, that, that, um, uh, uh, you know, if you were to describe what insanity is and it's doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah. That's the key to insanity right there. Um, and so it's, It's hard. And these kids right now, what I'm worried about, and Barbara, we were talking about it, and Dave, like for these kids with all the stress right now, with what's going on with the colleges and there's no sports or are we going back? Are we not going back? These kids are so fatigued going into this scenario. And this is why I really wanted to do this podcast that these arguments just plan when you get to school, you might be a little surprised how people are taking crap out on each other mm-hmm. because the level of stress right now for young people who are moving to school and moving into apartments, it's higher than it's ever been. And young people are afraid of getting sick or getting someone sick. They aren't owning it, but just because they don't own it doesn't mean they're not there. There's added anxiety and uncertainty and anxiety and uncertainty leads to arguments and difficulties and conflicts. And so the other key is you've really got to get to know yourself. Journals are always great. Dave, I use them all the time. I'm mm-hmm. sure you do too. I, and, and Barbara, I always ask to clients to write. write I always ask. Journal. Yep. Right. Let some of your stress out because sometimes if you write really fast and you just write what your problem is or write whatever tension is, number one, you're going to sleep better. And number two is if you do reread it, and I usually say, wait till the next day, you'll, you may find something about the situation that you didn't realize. And so write it down. I'm not talking this in the phone. I'm saying get a journal and write it. And let it out. Let the stress out. It's going to come out one way or another. Either it's going to be direct because you're aware of it, or you're going to act it out. You're going to drink too much. You're going to snap at somebody. You're going to pick a fight that's ridiculous. Or it may have been a small, tense situation, but your response, you're going to blow it up. And you walk away and you go, God, I didn't realize I was that pissed off. Well, if you're saying that, other things are going on. And don't don't scapegoat somebody. If you're somebody who with high levels of stress, you start picking on people, you know, you're you're being an asshole. (laughs) You are. Now, you're not intending to, but you got to back up the bus and figure out, wait, why am I acting like this? What has got my cup runneth over at this moment? And I'm going to tell you, I want you to write about this pandemic. It's a pain in the ass, people. 
I'm not happy. There's no football. I'm not happy about this situation. (laughs) I'm pissed off. I had anxiety over what the hell am I going to do on Saturdays with can't watch college football? Oh my God. And, you know, I think self-care, which is what um, I'm also trying to emphasize with these young women is give yourself grace and start caring for yourself a little bit more. Uh, The journaling is excellent. You know, young people tend to poo-poo things like, you know, take deep breaths, meditate for two minutes, just center yourself for a couple of minutes, go outside for a walk, you know, where there are no people, step on the ground, step on the soil, it'll ground you, you'll feel like you're, because everything feels so up in the air. But when yeah. you step on solid ground or on earth, it grounds you. You feel like something, at least Mother Earth yeah. is solid. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. That's one thing we can say. Yeah. It's solid. Find ways to care for yourself yeah. so that you are handling and dealing with the stress. Because if you don't, it okay. always manifests in the most, and sometimes in the most inopportune times, at the most embarrassing of moments, your stress will show itself. Yeah, and yeah. it's already stressful anyway. Like you say, going to college, especially for the freshmen, you know, new school, you know, new school, new place. You don't know away from home. That's a stressor in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Now, add to that this whole COVID nineteen situation, um, and, yeah. and it's a lot for young people. It's a lot for us adults. Okay, yeah. just just so you know, you know, we're not here kind of preaching to you. We're also teaching ourselves a few things because I can tell you that I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. Whenever I speak on an issue, most times it's because it's something I too need to hear yeah. because it is a very stressful situation. As yeah. parents, we are sitting here anxious as hell about the kids who are going to school. We're hearing of schools closing because kids are getting sick and they have, you know, so... Just bear in mind that what you're going through, we're going through as a collective and ensure that you take time for yourself. Give yourself grace and care for you. If you need to know, just say no to certain things, say no. If that's what you need to do to care for yourself. Yes. And this Italian mother, eat properly. Yes. Please. Get the proteins in. So important. Get the energy foods in. Don't eat bad um, because, again, you get on this vicious cycle of you're not eating well, you're not eating enough, or you're eating so many carbs. You get blue. You're drinking a lot, which is a depressant. you got to watch getting into those cycles. And especially, I want to talk, Dave, to young men mm-hmm. because I watch these young men medicate that stress. Yep, It's the drinking, it's the smoking pot, it's, you know, the food or even no exercise or too much exercise. There's this way that they get into detachment. Mm. That's so hard to watch. And then anxiety will show up for some of them, mm-hmm. um, which can also make them want the depressant, which is alcohol. Just have a few beers. Just have a few beers. Sure. Yep. That's the beginning of addiction. You have to be very careful. Bad choices will catch up. It will eventually turn into addiction. Instead, It's better to just sit down with a buddy and talk about it. You can talk about it in a way where he's like, Jesus, today just sucked. You know, you want to swear, swear. Today sucks shit. I couldn't stand this teacher. Can't believe all this bullshit with the fucking pandemic. Whatever you want. Talk your language. But talk. Also, if you have a supportive person in your life, an older person who you do trust, call them and check in. Call them and check in. And those adults who do mentor and parent and are there for kids, call them and check in. Because this is a pandemic. There is excruciatingly amounts of stress right now. These kids need the check-in. They've got to watch the drinking. They've got, I'm warning you, I'm worried about these kids. I'm worried about escalated fights due to the drinking and drugging. Um, The prescription crap that's going on, I know, at the universities. Scary as shit. It's scary yeah. as shit right now. 
Um, so, and there's high levels of stress, so you're going to be drawn to it. And, uh, I hope, I hope the guys are listening to this because I've heard enough stories and worked with enough young men that, um, the addiction problem in college, yeah, it starts out as experimenting, but it turns into, oh, and the other one, caffeine, Mm, freaking crap. Whether it's the energy drinks or double espressos in the coffee, um, these kids and their relationship with caffeine, I said to my kids, if we were to look at the amount of espresso shots or the amount of coffee you drank and we were to turn them into speeders and put them on a table, parents would be shocked. Mm. The amount of caffeine and these kids get these shakes and then they get these mood swings and these headaches because of a caffeine addiction. And I don't think society is getting how serious a caffeine addiction is, especially how much it wears out the heart. And we're finding more and more research about younger and young people, younger and younger people are getting heart attacks in their thirties, their forties, their fifties. And I've talked to many physician friends about this. They say, you've got to ask about caffeine intake. You have to ask about the jolt drinks or the, you know, what is the one five? Um, there's some drink that's an energy drink called five. I five think. hour energy. Yeah. yeah. Five hour energy. Five hour yeah. energy. Yeah. Or, um, it, it's not good. Well, the amounts of amphetamines that are going into the Well, body. we're going to add to that. So, so caffeine, yes, for sure. That's a great point. But typically they're getting caffeine with something that's also loaded with sugar. So you're getting a double mm, whammy right. here. And and the sugar is, is as bad as the caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't realize it. They mm-hmm. don't realize it with these these lattes and these cappuccinos and, and, these and, and soda espresso. and pop and, and Red Bull. Oh, my and, God. Um, oh, know, my the, God. It, it really is beating the crap out of their bodies. And if there's doctors listening, please, please, when you do these physicals, Ask them how much coffee, how many energy drinks, and all the, those questions are necessary to get to understand what's happening with these kids. I had a kid come in saying, I'm having anxiety. I can't sleep. But the more I was listening to her, I thought, wow, she doesn't feel like an anxiety disorder. So just for the heck of it, I said, how much coffee are you drinking? Oh, well, I have a double espresso in the morning and then I just drink coffee in and out throughout the day. And I said, what time do you stop drinking coffee? Oh, about eight o'clock. And I'm like, oh my God, she's caffeine addicted. I I can't even diagnose her until we get her off the caffeine. Mm -hmm. And then it was so bad and she was so young that she got the pain down the legs, you know, that the, Mm -hmm. the joints and the legs can hurt when you come off of caffeine. And she went through a detox. She was like, oh, my God, no one ever tells you how bad this is. I said, but that's because yeah. it's so socially acceptable. You sure. Know, Starbucks on every on every Coffee's corner. on every you know, corner. And we've got, we've got Dunkin' Donuts doing their caramel lattes and stuff. Yep. So it, coffee is so – it's everywhere. And it's, everywhere. it's funny because people talk about how, um, you know, America's drink of choice is uh, – coffee and it's like yeah that's not necessarily a good thing because like you say there's a whole section of the population that literally lives off of coffee i know kids who don't eat proper food because caffeine is an appetite suppressant yep. yes. and so they get up in the morning they have one of those sugar-loaded macchiato things or whatever yeah. they won't eat and then when it's time to eat then they pick at a salad you know little bits of leaves and then they drink more coffee and then so they 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 literally sort of functioning off their nerves because coffee just gives you that nervous energy yeah, yeah. and like and you say it not only wears your heart down it wears your nervous system down too yes. as does sugar because right. of all these hormonal fluctuations that take place and then your insulin is out of whack and then you're secreting mm-hmm. cortisol and so on and so forth it's it's a bad yeah. cycle. It's a bad cycle. So I'm really. I mean, the mood swings are, are usually because when your hormones are not oh, balanced, right. you're going to have yeah. mood swings. That's yeah. right. That's right. So, young people, I want to say again um, if you are having a serious conflict uh, or you, you're concerned about it, download 
Rumi's United Guide. Uh, you can just put it into Google and uh, can download it. It's a really easy thing to download. Um, and uh, if you are struggling, if you feel like you really don't have anybody to talk to and, and want to message, you can message me um, on Facebook, uh, Psyched by MG. Uh, we definitely want to hear your con- comments um, because they are important to us. And uh, I think on that note, we, we've got to start winding down now. But we, we're we really thinking about all those young people going back to mm-hmm. college, going to college for the first time, moving in, you know, dealing with roommates. Um, we know the stress is high. We know it's tough right now. There's a lot of anxiety. Um, but most importantly, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. We all, all use other people to, for support and help. That's that's good mental health if you do that. Um, and on that note, we're, we're going to bid you adieu um, and appreciate everybody listening in. And we're going to see you next week uh, right here on Facebook and and on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify and everywhere. So thanks for joining us tonight. All right, guys. See you soon. Bye, guys. See you soon. Take care.